Shoulder of Orion is brought to you by the generous support of our incredible patrons. To learn more about joining our Patreon, please visit www.perfectorganism.com forward slash support. Welcome to Shoulder of Orion, the Blade Runner podcast. This is a special little episode that we have convened to celebrate the awesome news that Blade Runner 2049 garnered two Academy Awards the other night. And I'm joined here by uh, Dan and Jamie, the co-hosts of the show with me. And uh, we are really happy and we can't wait to talk about it. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and kick off to Jamie. Uh, What are your thoughts on the fact that Roger Deakins finally won his Academy Award and we also managed to get the the VFX Award for, uh, for a number of teams that were involved with the production? Well, like everybody else who are big fans, of course, I'm really, really excited. I didn't, I really thought that Deacons would win just based off of his history and the films that he's been a part of. Um, It's just exciting. It really, in a strange way, it kind of like legitimizes, I know it sounds kind of weird to say, but I feel like it legitimizes Blade Runner 2049 as like, because the original didn't win Academy Awards, it won some BAFTAs, but it didn't. And I feel like the Academy Awards are really prestigious. And when you have a film that's won Academy Awards for some of the work that's been involved in it, uh, yeah, it just takes it to a whole other level. And uh, I think it's exciting, and uh, it it bodes well for the future, whatever that might be. Yeah, uh, I can second those feelings. I mean, I don't know what it's like to... I don't know if he went to the Oscars 14 times, including this time. I know he obviously he was nominated for cinematography 14 times. So he's no stranger to the Academy and to that environment. Um, but I can't imagine what it's like to finally get that kind of recognition after all these amazing films he's been involved in. Um, I mean, we just rewatched, uh, Jamie and I were hanging out last night and watched true grit and we're watching the cinematography there, you know, thinking about, uh, Deacons and, we're playing 2049 in the background right now. So we have a visual reference and yeah, it's just stunningly beautiful. And, um, I think also I love his reaction. If you watch his acceptance speech and his comments, uh, afterwards in Oscar interviews, he just seems like, you know, like your uncle or your dad, he's like very modest and (laughs) very just taken aback by the whole experience even though again he's been there many times but maybe just being on stage for the first time in a while because a few films that uh he was nominated for for cinematography won best picture like the shawshank redemption comes to mind so i'm sure he's been on that stage as part of a group receiving the award before he's just never had it handed to him specifically for his work um so yeah, I can only imagine how amazing that was. It, it took me five or ten seconds when I was watching them announce that he was uh, receiving the award to even for it to process because I was so ready for Blade Runner to not get the award just because it's science fiction and it's out there and it's um, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised that they uh, they got that award and and of course the visual effects, which anyone who's watched the movie would would agree with how exceptional they are. Yeah, but let, so let's let's focus, let's get to VFX in, in a little bit. Let's focus for a little bit on Deacons. Um, I know you guys have a great story about uh, you know where you were when you when you you know heard the news as it were, and I'll tell you mine in a moment as well. But before I do, 
uh, I just, yeah, I, I want to just, you know, echo what you said. This is just such an amazing capstone to this career that is almost unparalleled in the history of cinematography. This guy has been nominated, you know, the first one, uh, Dan, like you said, was Shawshank Redemption, which is like a pretty good nomination to start off on. You know, he's been nominated for A Brother Where Art Thou, No Country for Old Men, all these Coen Brothers movies, you know, Fargo, True Grit, Skyfall. Um, Sicario, this, these 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 uh, amazing collaborations with with Villeneuve. Uh, I just feel like it's just been uh, an amazing journey for him. And uh, you know the the theater at Harvard near where we live, um, we, there's this amazing um, front projection historical theater that has been doing this uh, two week long uh, repertory showing of all of Deacon's cinematography cinematography work, and it's been just a, like the, the things that have been playing there it's just these movies that are just like outstanding and uh and it's amazing that one dude has been responsible for the look and the presentation of these things um in such a real and honest and beautiful way that doesn't get in the way of the director's uh you know vision for things it only sort of seems to amplify it and magnify it with um a real attention to detail and, and a real attention to beauty so yeah, this guy's had just an amazing career. It's also worth pointing out that he was up against some very serious um, competition here. Like you know, for example, the the Dunkirk cinematography by Hoyt van Hatima, like that was uh, you know filmed in IMAX. That's like this extremely vivid stuff in Shape of Water, which won basically every award under the sun. Um, you know, there was the the Mudbound nomination, which is a huge deal because it was Rachel Morrison, the first woman to be nominated for the award. I mean, he was up against stiff competition, and he has been in the past, which is why he's been nominated 40 times. But this year, I feel like out of all of the years that I can think of for the other films that came out, this seems to be the most uh, difficult, in my opinion, award for him to get because there were so many amazing achievements, and also because it's in the context of this... Um, you know, very kind of inclusive and diverse award season where we're trying to recognize talent that is non-traditional um, in terms of, you know, gender and race and things like that. Um, and this is, you know, another, uh, you know, old old white guy, but not to say that that's not, has any, should necessarily have anything to do with him getting or not getting an award. I'm just saying that it is, it's it's even more impressive that he ended up getting it in the context that we're sitting in right now and uh, where he is in his career and what he was up against. I think it's just, uh, just wonderful. So, uh, I know you guys got to see him, uh, accept it together at the, uh, at the same time. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that party, Jamie? Yeah, it was, uh, again, it was, uh, surreal. We were having a, it was a pretty great party that Dan decided to throw that I drove up to Oakland for. And, uh, you know, I was kind of glued to my chair most of the time knowing that these awards were coming up. And, uh, I, again, I just felt like, I knew he was going to win it. Just that was what my gut was saying. And so uh, just to see him walk up there, he was so humble too. his speech. He was such a humble guy. Um, he's not in, he's not involved. Like he's, I can see that there's not much of an ego there. He's there for the work. You can see he's there for passion because he, he's passionate about what he's doing. And uh, you know, and as we'll hear from his award speech, when we play it later on in this episode, uh, he just had, you know, really, really nice things to say. And, uh, it was great, and and all of Dan's friends who were here knew that, or they knew our involvement in this podcast. So I felt like they were kind of cheering for us too. So when he won, some people were applauding. So it was it was really neat. It was just a, it was a special moment. And uh, again, just to have been involved with Blade Runner, I feel like us as a podcast, being the only Blade Runner podcast, I feel like 
we're on this journey with the filmmakers in some ways, you know, owners ownership to it. Like, I feel like we want it too in a weird way. If that's the only way that I can describe it, like we're on this journey with them. And now the world knows that this film is an Academy award winning film because it's fucking amazing. Yeah. I, I would, again, <laughs> second all that. I mean, Jamie and I had a similar experience cause we were in the same room when we got the news and we're watching it live. Um, Again, it was very surreal and took me five to ten seconds to even realize that what I heard was not what I was expecting to hear. And I just, yeah, I mean, it was emotional. I started clapping. I was just so happy for them. Yeah, and, um, you know, the way I would describe for myself the way Jamie feels about, like, oh, it feels almost like we won an award. Uh, The way I would put it is I feel like in some very minuscule way we maybe had a very tiny part in helping the movie win the award or helping Deacons win the award, meaning that we've played a small part in raising awareness for uh, this film. And it's got to be, you know, one person somewhere in that audience that was listen to the podcast, maybe, or, you know, so it's like, a, I think it's a small influence since we're obviously not involved in the production or anything like that. But um, we're certainly the most vociferous and uh, public cheerleaders for this movie and the team and everything. Um, and, you know, I, I also think that in retrospect, this is a win for Ridley Scott and the original movie as well, because obviously they're standing on the shoulders of giants and none of this would have happened without the original movie. So I think that, um, I mean, I think it's not even in people's consciousness that the first Blade Runner was nominated for two Oscars as well. Um, I think we just forget about that because we just constantly hear this box office flop story and the fact that the movie was essentially a financial disaster, but it won several BAFTAs. It was nominated for two Oscars. So that's uh, that's seven Academy nominations total between the two films, five for 2049 and two for the original. And uh, I mean, that's quite the achievement in itself for a science fiction movie in particular not to mention a deep, you know, existential, dark science fiction movie, which both of them are in their own, in, in different ways. Uh, and that's just not something that usually garners this kind of attention. So I think it's a big win for fans everywhere and for the science fiction, science fiction genre. Completely agree with you. There's a sense of uh, of ownership, and 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 I know it. Like it sounds ridiculous because uh, you know we didn't actually make any of this stuff, but it's we're part of a community that has been campaigning very vocally. You know, we're a very small part of it, but we are a part of it, and there is a sense of ownership. There's a sense of like, man, like all of the attention that we have all been really bringing to this movie, and trying our best to you know magnify and project outward has paid off in keeping it in the Academy's, you know, awareness months past its release date to the point where it was prominent enough that it was um, actually awarded two Academy Awards. So, you know, whether, uh, you know, this particular podcast or any of the Facebook groups that we're active in had any actual material effect on that, I don't think matters that much because it feels like it did. And it feels great. Like, I mean, it feel like it feels like a triumph. Because you're right, Dan. Like this is this is not a movie that typically gets recognized in this sort of a context, and for it to get two of the most prominent production-based awards in the entire ceremony, it's just a huge thing. 
Um, and especially when it's up against competition like that. It's just incredible. So my brief little story. So we were watching the ceremony at uh, my in-law's house and Micah's parents' house, which is something we've done for years. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> I was like on the edge of my seat. And, and everybody there also knew that Micah and I are very, very into Blade Runner. And we've also gotten a number of the people there into Blade Runner, too. So we were all, like, just on the edges of our seats, you know, chewing fingernails, you know, like, waiting. And uh, But the problem is that they live an hour and a half away from us. So, like, you stay there until, like, 1030. And then I was like, well, you know, we're never going to make it home if we, uh, if we like, stay. So I was like, you know, okay, I need updates as soon as the the B at the beginning of Blade Runner was mentioned, like, I have to get texted about this. And I told you guys that, too. I was like, I don't want to miss this moment. So I'm, like, driving home, and uh, and I and the VFX award goes out, and I was, like, freaking out, just sitting in the car, you know, like, just, it was such a moment of triumph, and I was like, this has to happen now. This has to happen for Deacons. And right before we got back to Boston, Deacons got the award, and I just, I just actually cheered out loud in the car. Uh, it was just a... Uh, this is an amazing moment, and I'm glad that it was in this kind of weird context because, you know, like, you know, the story I've told a million times, when I saw 2049 the first night I saw it, you know, I was almost in a plane crash. Um, and it was a sort of crazy thing, but we made it, you know, across the ocean and got to see this film. And I'm kind of glad that, you know, we got to see Deacons accept the award in the context of almost getting in a car crash because I was so freaking excited about it. I mean, I was, like, uh, just absolutely thrilled. So, um, and yeah, I just want to just, um, again, echo what you said about how humble he is and how, you know, in, in interviews over the years, because he's been this sort of figure who's been this bridesmaid and never a bride so many times that the narrative that has emerged about Deacons has really been, oh, like, you know, he always gets nominated and everybody knows he's the best living cinematographer, but he just never gets the award and that's okay. And and he's like very zen about it, you know, like in every interview, like the variety one that we quoted last time, he was like, you know, it doesn't really matter. I, I know the quality of work that I do. I treasure the experiences I get to have. Uh, I know that I, my legacy is one that I'm proud of and that I'm excited about, and it's not a big deal. So, And he definitely carried that up with him on the stage when he accepted the award. It was that same humble, magnanimous, wonderful person uh, whom I think we all really admire and look up to. And um, along with Villeneuve, I think uh, it's just just one of the great artists alive today. You know, I just feel like just so happy about this. So one other thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap this brief episode up is the Visual Effects Award. So um, just to sort of remind everybody, this was up against, again, some incredibly powerful films in this category. Uh, not only the, you know, the usual suspects like Star Wars, Last Jedi, but also things like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Kong Skull Island, which I thought was visually uh, a wonderful feast. Uh, there was uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, which also, like, I mean, it looks, it looks like incredible. Um, what else was there? There's a couple of others, I don't know. But but my, my point being that this year had uh, a ton of competition in the effects category, but I do think that there was a sense, and I want you guys to comment on this as well, to me it seemed like there was a sense of inevitability about this particular award because the scope of what 2049 did was so ambitious and so successfully pulled off, and a lot of that has to do, I really have to say, with how they managed to revive Rachel in such a realistic and unnervingly accurate way. Yeah, uh, I think the VFX award is very interesting because it's up against, it's up against Star Wars: The Last Jedi, of course, and then like you said, Planet of the Apes, and then a couple Kong Skull Island and a couple others. But all of those other films that it's up against are very traditional in terms of CGI. They're mostly CGI. Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes, I've seen amazing film, incredible CGI. But that's kind of the stock it's 
it's trading in. It's only CGI. Whereas with 2049, you have uh, practical with miniature with, you know, so many different things happening at the same time. So it kind of all coalesced to present us this film. And uh, I, I, I was thinking about the Rachel two today and I was thinking, really, she's the best CGI human ever done period and I, I i i don't know so much my my gut is telling me that the award isn't really so much for her it's for the how elaborate the film was how that it went to weta for the miniatures how it went to frame store it went to the moving picture company it went to um that other effects house i can't remember their name right now but uh it went to multiple multiple different effects houses to really get this thing right and there was a Many, many, many people, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, Steven, Steven Saunders and his team working on the, the, the miniatures, you know, in New Zealand or uh, Richard Clegg and his team from the Moving Picture Company working on Rachel, all these different people doing these things. And it just magically happened. It just it, it all turned out spectacularly well. And I feel like that's what the award is for, not just for Rachel, even though I think Rachel is amazing uh i just really feel like and also too all of these houses will get also too by the way uh, <laughs> i say that all the time it's not grammatically correct whatever um all of these houses will get awards so weta will get an award the people who 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 kind of lead up the the effects house for weta they'll they will get awards the moving picture company will get awards frame store will get awards it's a pretty big deal i mean it's a Again, it's the seal of approval that Blade Runner 2049 was the most visually stunning film of 2017. It's what an honor that is. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I'd like to add that I did a quick tally while we were talking, which is something I should have done before. So I was racing to do it before we were <laughs> done with the episode. But uh, I could not even tally all of the nominations of the various different uh, film festivals and awards and whatnot. I just added all the wins. And so the total wins for Blade Runner 2049 in cinematography slash like best achievement in cinematography, it has 33 wins. And in visual effects, it got 13 wins. Uh, and that includes, of course, the two Academy Awards. But um I think, I mean, that speaks for itself right there. So I, I guess we, we can end it there. I, I just want to say again, what a, what a wonderful journey this has really been. You know, looking back over the scope of this, you know, this podcast really started in the run up to 2049, not for 2049, you know, because we just happen to be obsessive Blade Runner fans as well as Alien fans. But, uh, getting to see all the, you know, the pre-release stuff, um, you know, the, all the, all the short films that were released and getting to talk about those and getting to, go back through our own personal experiences, you know, with the film. Like one of my, my favorite episodes was the one that we put out for people to listen to on the way to the theater in October, where everybody shared their personal stories about going to see Blade Runner, um, you know, and the first time that they saw it and their, and their memories from it. And going from back then where we were to this point now where it stands triumphant as this artistic, uh, masterpiece that is embraced by fans already has a huge cult fandom built around it with Facebook groups that have sprung up just to talk about 2049, not even necessarily the entire Blade Runner legacy. Um, it's just amazing to have seen this, this thing grow and to have been, um, so closely involved with it. And I just want to thank you guys, especially Jamie for having the idea to start this podcast, 
back, um, you know, back at the beginning. And I, I still remember that conversation, you know, when you were like, uh, hey, you know, like we, you know, I feel like there could be a Blade Runner podcast. And immediately I, I like it was another one of those moments where I almost crashed the car. <laughs> I was like, we got to We got to do that <laughs> um, because I, I have been waiting to talk about Blade Runner, you know, my whole life. And getting to see, you know, where the where the film has gone has just been this amazing journey. And I'm just so lucky and fortunate to share it with with uh, with you guys. So again, just to all of the fans out there who uh, you know have taken this journey with us, this has been so exciting, and um, and I think we should really take some time. And I, I know we're going to do an episode later where we go through more of the awards and kind of celebrate and have a bunch of you know roundtable reflections with people who listen to the show about you know how they feel about the trajectory that this thing has been on. But um, you know, in advance of that, I just want to just take a second and just say thank you to you guys and to everybody listening for being on this journey with me personally, with us as a team. And uh, we have so much more coming up and so many more interviews, especially there are actually a couple of very prominent ones coming up very soon. So there's, there's, this is just the very beginning of our story. And it's also the very beginning of 2049 story because we will see this thing evolve and transmutate and change over time and grow to become just as complex and beloved a film with as deep roots as 2019. And uh, what a time to be alive, you know? So with that, I think we can end it. I just want to thank you guys for being on. And uh, let's celebrate. Thanks, Patrick. Yeah, I'd, I'd reflect that back to you. And uh, very quickly, I, I just want to, you know, speaking for the podcast and for all of us, I'd like to really congratulate everyone that was involved in the production of this uh, phenomenal movie because they really deserved it. So good on them. And yeah, for sure. Like I, I, I echo everything that you said, Patrick, and uh, I, you know, this podcast specifically, I mean, we've been doing the alien podcast for a while. It's been awesome. It's been great. You know, I'm glad that we do it. Uh, you know, we're again, we're kind of the voice, one of the only formal voices of the alien community, but really shoulder of Orion for me has really been a really personal thing. It's been around a really personal, emotional exploration of, in some ways, who I am, you know, and uh, I could not be doing it with better people. And uh, so, yeah, thank you guys for sure. And the Oscar goes to Blade Runner 2049. John Nelson, Jared Nelson, Paul Lambert, and Richard R. Hoover. This is the second win and fourth nomination for John Nelson and the first Oscar and third nomination for Richard R. Hoover. Gerd Neftzer and Paul Lambert are first-time nominees. Thank you so much, Academy members of the Academy, for this great honor. Thank you, Denis Villeneuve, whose uh, you know, guts are seen in every frame of this film, especially the visual effects. Thank you, Andrew Kossoff, Broderick Johnson, Roger Deakins, Joe Walker, Dennis Gasner, Bill Carrell, Karen Murphy, Richard Clegg, Habib Zagapur up there in the rafters, uh, Deke Ferrand, Victor Mueller, Cynthia Yorkin, Dean Egg, Framestar, NBC, Booth, Rodeo, UPP, Atomic, Weta, Alcon, Warner Brothers, Sony, Sean Young, Deb and Miles, and 
my God, this is so surreal. I share this with my incredible team led by Michelle back at Double Negative, my family, especially for putting up with the crazy hours of the last 22 years. Hopefully my boys, Boston and Jackson, are watching right now. And to all the people who have had such a big influence on me and my career, thank you. To all my friends in Montreal, merci beaucoup, this is for you. Dankeschön, Germany, thank you, great. <laughs> thank you so much. And the Oscar goes to Roger A. Deakins, Blade Runner 2049. This is the first Oscar and 14th nomination for Roger A. Deakins. Hey, thank you, thank you. I guess I better say something else. They'll give me a jet ski, and I don't see myself on a jet ski somehow. I, I want to share this with my wife of 27 years, James. Whatever. I want to share it with Andrew and Brodick and, and, and Denny Villeneuve. You know, I, I really love my job. I've been doing it a long time, as you can see. Uh, but, you know, one of the reasons I really love it is the people I work with, both in front of the camera and behind the camera. Uh, some, of, some of my crew on Blade Runner were, I've been working with for over 30 years, and others, others I met for the first time in Budapest. And this is for every one of them, every one of them. In fact, I gotta say it's for us because it was a team. It was a really te a team effort. Thank you, thank you very much. If you'd like to join in the discussion, please join our official Facebook discussion group. Meals and Cody, a Blade Runner discussion group.